Welcome to the Indiana Basketball Source Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Andershock. I'll be joined once again by Jeff Shanley today. We'll go over uh, the regional recap of the top surprises of the weekend, um, as well as the top performances, top individual performances of the regional round. And then we will give our semi-state predictions for this Saturday. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the Indiana Basketball Source podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Also, be sure to rate our podcast on iTunes. We'd appreciate it very much. All right, let's uh, bring in Jeff Shanley at this time. Welcome back, uh, Jeff. How's it going, Trevor? Uh, It's going great. Let's jump right into recapping last week's action at the regional level. Uh, Obviously, a few surprises um, last weekend, last Saturday. Uh, The biggest surprise, I think, would be the Terre Haute South beating North Central. Obviously, North Central did not have Mateo Rivera, but Jalen Manette kind of stole that show and took Terre Haute South over North Central. Yeah, Rivera, you know, doesn't get the acclaim necessarily that Chris Wilkes does, but he's he's an incredibly vital piece to what North Central does. Uh, I know you've seen North Central a few times. I saw him twice in sectional. All he does is just hit big shots for them. Really, their only really credible outside shooting presence. They have a couple other guys that can hit shots from deep, but he's really their only true shooter they have. So losing him, obviously, a big blow. And then at this time of the year, kids have to have special performances uh, to pull upsets, and that's exactly what Jalen Minnette was, special to the tune of 39 points. Yeah, um, another one that I was surprised about was uh, Fort Wayne Canterbury beating Hammond Bishop Knoll. Knoll had a tough game in the morning beating Marquette Catholic by three. Um, I thought the extra time would be okay uh, playing that morning game. I thought they'd be fine for the, the night game. But Canterbury pulled that one out by three points as well. Yeah, a veteran group at Canterbury, uh, good guards. That was also a surprise to me. I thought Roman Penn uh, would be able to lead Hammond Bishop Knoll to a, a regional title, but it wasn't to be uh, Canterbury out of Fort Wayne getting the victory there to move on to semi-state. All right, let's talk about Marion's uh, Saturday. Obviously dominated Columbia City. That was a pretty big surprise. They just took over that game immediately behind Reggie Jones. Yeah, Reggie Jones, we talk again about special performances, having 29 against being matched up. I wasn't there, but I assume the Hazen brothers, Parker and Brocken, uh, two Division One caliber, definitely players, uh, putting on a show there. And that, you know, I'll fully admit I, I did not see that one coming. I thought Columbia City would be able to, you know, kind of control the interior of that one. Um, but Reggie obviously take over, also getting contributions from V.J. Blackman and Tim Lovell as well. Yeah, and then Marion comes back in the night game to beat uh, Northwood in the regional final. That one was obviously a lot closer, but Marion was able to pull that one out against, you know, the talented trio of Northwood. Yeah, you know, Northwood kind of just can't get over the hump here in regionals. They lost last year on a on a buzzer beater uh, in the regional championship game, come within four points of a regional title again this year. It's kind of... You know, you feel for those kids that great class they had this year, uh, not making it to the semi-state with that group. Uh, kind of disappointing, but that class definitely had a special run at Northwood. And all credit, obviously, going to Marion uh, around, around playing their best basketball at the right time of the year. 
Definitely looks like a rebuilding year next year for Northwood. You bring back Vincent Miranda, but everybody else, um, all their key guys, it seems like, will be moving on. So it'll be kind of interesting to see if they keep their consistency that they've had these last five or six years. Yeah, definitely. You you have to think, you know, as good as they've been, their JV teams are probably pretty good, just kids that can't find mints. Uh, but, you know, for their sake, you know, you hope they're able to restock quickly because that's always a top-notch program. I think another game that really surprised me was the Burbuff Park Tudor matchup in the regional semis uh, last Saturday morning with Burbuff avenging a regular season defeat to Park Tudor. Yeah, this one, you had the Rice Twins matching up against each other. I thought Park Tudor was just going to have enough with Jaron Jackson inside. Then you have, obviously, Isaiah Rice, Isaiah Moore, and Kobe Webster shooting from the outside. I thought that was going to be enough firepower, especially with uh, Burbuff not having Matt Broderick on the roster anymore. I thought that was going to be plenty for Park Tudor to roll through that game. Yeah, and, and Malachi Rice at Burbuff, uh, one half of the Rice Twins, he was really good when I saw him the last week of the regular season against Carmel. Uh, had 21 points against them. That's always impressive to do uh, with the type of defense that Scott Hetty teams play. Hopefully, you know, I think you kind of see Malachi stepping into a more prominent role there and really building on that performance and keeping up these uh, big games as we roll through the state tournament. Yeah, if we just look uh, or stay in 3A, look at the performance by Evansville Bossy last weekend. Two tough games, first beating Pike Central by the score of 62-53. Then in the night game, they came back and beat a a solid Silver Creek team by three points as well. Looks like they're really coming together late in the season. Yeah, you know, they don't have the best record. I believe they're 18-10 right now, but like you just said, they're peaking at the right time, playing really good basketball. Uh, Just a really solid team that's gotten hot at the right time. Yeah, it seems like Boston has really defined roles. When you look at their stats, you have Eric Bell kind of setting everybody up. He, he averaged about 10 assists a game. Then you have Mikhail Larry scoring 18 a game. He's kind of like the score shooter. Then you have a couple other guys who are the main rebounders. It looks like they have real set roles, and they're kind of it looks like they're obviously buying into it. Definitely, definitely. And we'll stay in Southern Indiana for I think one of the last surprises from the regionals is the Evansville Wrights Franklin Central game. A game that Franklin Central led, I believe, 58-33 to 33, uh, midway through the third quarter, a 25-point cushion. When you're Evansville writes, you saw last year in their run to the state championship game that they're able to put points up in a hurry. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, it's not a surprising outcome, but the way they did it was a surprise. Coming, storing back, what was it, 43-18 to 18 run? Something like that, in just yeah. over eight minutes, I believe. So you're putting up 43 points in a little over a quarter of basketball in, in a high school game. Uh, it's obviously really impressive. Uh, give all credit to, to Drew Smith and Blake Ruckman, their two senior leaders, uh, really keeping hope alive because at that point kids can kind of hang their heads, get frustrated, maybe think, oh, well, it's not going our way today. Uh, but those two guys really led the charge and kept everybody's spirits up, saying, hey, we can do this and able to pull off a, an incredible comeback. I believe Wrights had a big comeback against Southport last year when they came up to play um, at the Southport Arena. Didn't they come back late or in the second half? I think they kind of came back. Yeah, Southport led, I think, by 16 or 17 at one point. I could be wrong on that. Wrights came all the way back, uh, and Southport had to use a uh, Malik Bennett jumper uh, to win that one late. So 
Right's no stranger to the uh, to the comeback story, let's say. All right, Shark, let's move on from the surprises over to the top performers of the regional. Um, no surprise that sophomore Romeo Langford kind of leads that list once again. I mean, Romeo, what what can you what more can you say about the the season he's having this year? Just laying waste to anything in his path. Uh, Thirty four points in the morning game. Uh, comes back and drops a 37 and 14 line in the title game um, against Evansville. Rights, just the sophomores playing at just a, an epically high level right now, um, really carrying that team and playing really inspired basketball at this time of year. Yeah, it looks like nobody's stopping him right now. It's going to be a fun matchup when he goes up against Southport. See if they put Paul Scruggs, maybe Eli Walton on him. See if either of those guys can slow him down at all. Yeah, Romeo is obviously one of, if not the best athletes in the state. And then you have two great athletes, like you said, Walton and Scruggs at Southport. Uh, We'll see if they can slow them down. But that's been everybody's task so far, and we've yet to see that happen. All right, and then Romeo played Bloomington South in that first game of the regional. Um, On the other side of the coin, you have Tucker Blackwell, the senior, going out on a strong game. 32 points in that one. I believe he had a three late to force overtime as well. Yeah, just kind of really carrying uh, that Bloomington South team on his back. An unsigned senior um, getting some Division One interest. I think he'd really be a kid who can come in and be able to shoot the ball right away for a lot of low major programs, uh, continue to develop. I think he could be a nice player at the low major level on down the line and really help a program out. Um, but definitely, you know, seniors at this time of year want to just fight for one more day, and that's what you saw Tucker Blackwell. Unfortunately, wasn't enough as they kind of ran into the buzzsaw that is New Albany. Yeah, Blackwell has an offer from Army. It looks like he, he might take that. He's just kind of waiting to see if anybody else jumps in right now. But I think he will end up at a D1 school, like you're saying. Um, also, let's talk about Marcus Burke, um, Franklin Central. He had 36 points and 11 rebounds in the uh, early game against Evansville Wrights. Obviously, it wasn't quite enough as Wrights came back to win it, but Burke continued his great senior year. Yeah, hit eight threes in that contest. Uh, kind of a similar player to Blackwell, about a 6'2 shooting guard. Just uh, great from behind the arc. He's really had, like you said, a spectacular senior season, averaging, I think, 24-25 a game. Uh, for a really resurgent Franklin Central program, leading them to one of their best seasons in recent history. Um, he do- holds a Division One offer from Campbell. Wouldn't surprise me to see a couple more D1s that are in needs of shooters uh, turning towards Marcus Burke for that need. Yeah, I know Murray State was looking at him hard. Um, they might jump in the picture here. Um, like you're saying, they have Campbell and then a plenty of D2s have offered him as well. Yeah, he's going to be a great player if he chooses to go the D2 route. Definitely step in and shoot it right away. Um, let's talk about Blake Ruckman of Evansville Wrights. 29 points in that comeback win against Franklin Central. Then in the night game, he has 32 points against New Albany. Yeah, once Blake Ruckman gets going, um, it's kind of hard to to slow him down. There doesn't seem like there's any shot that's too difficult any shot too deep for him. And when you have a point guard like Drew Smith feeding you, finding you in the right positions uh, to get shots off, that's definitely a key. But one of the best shooters in Southern Indiana this year. Uh, got minutes on last year's state runner-up team, and he's stepped into a bigger role this year for Wrights. Yeah, talking about his role, I'm kind of surprised how big a leap he's taken. He's mainly just off the bench, six-man shooter type of role last year for that team. And now he's 
a 20-point-a-game score as a senior. That's a pretty big leap, but he did it quite well. Um, let's go up north. Um, let's stop at the 1A level and look at Eugene German's uh, Saturday. Looks like he had a great uh, two games. Yeah, 24-9-7 and in a uh, regional semifinal win. Then comes back on the championship game against South Newton and drops a cool 40 points on them. Uh, the Northern Illinois signee, definitely a big-time score, especially at the 1A level. It's hard to match his quickness, his ability to get shots off at any level. All right, that's there's no doubt that's true. Um, while staying up north, let's talk about what the Warsaw duo, Paul Marinday and Kyle Mangus, did against first South Bend Riley and then Crown Point. Yeah, we talked last time on the podcast about this South Bend Riley Warsaw game being really intriguing because you have Warsaw, the second best defense in the state, playing South Bend Riley, who probably has one of the most explosive lineups uh, in the entire state of Indiana. People like Riantre Lawrence, Demezi Anderson, uh, Shamar Diller, Junior Scott, Nate Marino off the bench shooting threes. Just a really explosive lineup. A lot of kids that could put points on the board. Warsaw kind of showed that, hey, they can match you point for point, too. I know Paul Marinday had a big, big game, especially from the foul line. Yeah, Marinday went 21 of 21 in that game against Riley. He ended up with 37 points. Just a great performance by him. And not to be totally outdone, Kyle Mengus had 27 points in that game against Riley. So they kind of those two showed that they can go up against athletes and put points on the board. Yeah, Warsaw slows it down, so maybe you look at their averages on the year and they look kind of pedestrian, but those two guys can definitely play for anybody in the state, any system. Those guys can are capable of putting up a lot of points. They're the two main guns for Warsaw, and they've delivered all year long. Yeah, then they both came back and scored 18 points in the, the final against Crown Point. Uh, Marinday ended up going... What was he, 30 of 31 from the uh, free throw line on the day. It's not too shabby. Um, talking about high 30-point performances, what about Jalen Minette against North Central? That was quite a performance by him. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, one of the best 2017 guards in the state, the future IUPUI Jaguar, uh, got hot from deep and once you see Minette hit a first couple shots, you can kind of tell his confidence just starts rising and rising. Uh, no shots too difficult for him off the dribble, off the catch, driving into the paint. Uh, the ability to finish against bigger defenders, you have that north central front line, Chris Wilkes, Antonio Singleton, and Emmanuel Little. Uh, all those three possess you know, impressive size. Uh, Minette not afraid to go into the trees and come away on the other side. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Minette was playing with Mono for about half the year. Um, kind of hurt his averages a little bit, but he still put up points and, you know, buckets basically um, just throughout the year and obviously exploded against North Central. Yeah, you see the 39 points, obviously a big-time score. His passing skills, I think, are definitely underrated. He's one of the best passers, if not just in the class of 2017, the entire state regardless of class. All right, and then... Um, I believe it was the high point total of the uh, regional. Tyler Smith um, from Northeastern he had 41 points against Cloverdale Saturday. Yeah, big matchup with Smith and Cooper Nice at Cloverdale. Um, Northeastern ended up getting a 20-point win uh, with Smith just going off for 41. Really quick guard, uh, especially at the two-way level. I know you like his game a lot. Yeah, his athleticism is what stands out the most. 
if he gets a consistent outside shot that takes his game to at least a mid-major level if not higher um, obviously had a great performance against Cooper Nice who's going to Butler um, Nice had a pretty good performance himself scoring 35 in that loss yeah obviously the future Butler Bulldog really a lot resting on his shoulders this year with the graduation some of those kids from Cloverdale last year having to kind of do more in a lot of different ways so uh, look for those two. Both those guys are 2017, so they have another year left. Wouldn't surprise me to see those two match up again in the state tournament next year. Speaking of Butler, uh, Joey Brunk had a, a big double-double against Terre Haute South in the final um, at Southport. 27 points and 12 rebounds. It seems like he has really come along after he came back from that sprained ankle about midseason. He's picking it up down the stretch for Southport. Yeah, it's it's no coincidence that Southport struggles mid year. I believe they were seven and six at one point. Uh kind of coincided. All close losses. Okay. Yeah, all close losses, but when you're missing your six ten uh Mr. Basketball candidate, uh, that's obviously gonna put a debt in your, your abilities as a team. Terre Haute South doesn't have the size, they have a couple of six four forwards in uh Matt Deedy and Chase Dinkle, just not able to match up with the size and the aggressiveness and he's definitely showed he's back 100% from that ankle injury earlier in the year. Yep. Um, another post player that played quite well, Caleb Carnes of uh, Marquette Catholic. He had 25 points against uh, Bishop Knoll on Saturday. Came in a loss, but he was 11 out of 13 from the field. Uh, basically unstoppable when he got on the block. He was just turning over his left shoulder, scoring off hook shots left and right. Um, quite an, uh, quite impressive performance by him. Um, quite Not quite enough, though, as Bishop Knoll beat Marquette Catholic by three in that game. Let's take a look over at Reggie Jones and what he did for Marion as they walked away with a regional title this weekend. 29 points in their big win over Columbia City in the semifinals. Like we were saying earlier, we were shocked about the score of that game. I think part of that's Reggie Jones's first half where he scored 22 points. I believe, what was Marion up? 20 points at halftime, something like that? Yeah, it was a, a big deficit for Columbia City early, and they weren't able to cut back into it. Then you come back in the night game, have another solid performance against a really quality Northwood team. Um, Reggie's looking at you know, some interest from D1 schools. He was committed to the University of New Orleans for a little bit. About 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, they're still involved. I know Ball State was in to, to see him this Saturday evening. Um, so definitely, Indiana State took a look at him. Western Illinois was in as well. So there's a, there's a few jumping in there. Yeah, really athletic 6'5 wing, can shoot it, pass it. Uh, one of the best athletes in the state. Be interesting to see him on the semi-state stage this coming Saturday. Talking about uh, one of the best athletes, Taj Curry of Homestead. He kind of wrapped up a great senior season. One of the more overlooked players in the state, in my opinion. Uh, 6'2", 6'3", guard, can really defend, can really get to the basket off the dribble. He had 24 points and six rebounds in the win over their rival, Carroll, in the first game. Yeah, and an improved outside shot for him. I know that was a lot of a question going into his senior year. Uh, known as primarily a slasher and an athlete, could he get a consistent up perimeter shot? Um, while not a, a super threat from deep, shows he has to be guarded from out there. Uh, if you remember last year, he kind of sparked Homestead's run. I think they were down 10 with about two minutes left to go in the state title game. He gets a couple big steals, big buckets to send that state championship game into overtime, a game Homestead would win over Evansville Wrights. 
Um, no surprise he's able to step up as the main gun for Homestead this year. And like you said, really just a, a great senior season for Curry. Yeah, I'm surprised that more D2s aren't on him. We've talked about this before, but I'm surprised that his at least small college interests and offers aren't more. I think every D2 and NAI school could pretty much take him sight unseen, but that's just my opinion, I guess. Um, let's move over to uh, Robert Fennessy, who uh, ended up playing against Curry's homestead team up in Logansport. Uh, I believe he had 27 points in the title game. Obviously a big... Uh, three-pointer against Carmel as well in the first game. What else did you see from uh, Fennessey in the regional? Yeah, he's just a kid who's who's done it all year and really stepped into a leadership role for McCutcheon just as a sophomore. Um, really kind of just running the show, that high-octane offense for McCutcheon. You have a pair of great shooters in Eddie Collins and Hayden Deaton. Darnell Butler obviously doing damage as a 6-4 matchup nightmare. Uh, but Fennessey is who makes them really go. And the softball has offers from Purdue and IU. Expect a lot more high majors to come in on him uh, after his summer because I think he's really building towards a special high school career for McCutcheon. Yeah, we talked about Blake Ruckman taking his game up a level this year. Fennessey has really improved. You, you might expect a little bit more since he's younger than Blake Ruckman's improvement. But Fennessey obviously has taken his game from you know, being a six-man, maybe – 15, 20 minutes a game to being one of the top players in the state. Yeah, I think you look at 2018, the 2018 class of Indiana, we kind of set Romeo Langford off on his own little pedestal, obviously, and for good reason. But if you look at who follows Romeo Langford, you have to include Robert Fennessey seriously in any discussion you're going to have. And one last top regional performance we have, Brandon Van Zandt of Bloomfield really had two great performances on their way to a regional title, the future Illinois Springfield forward. Yeah, he scored 21 points in the morning game and in the night game for 42 total. Then he had 13 rebounds in that win over Tinley as well. Um, six seven forward, pretty good athlete. Um, obviously, in a low, both were low-scoring games, and for him to score 21 in both is pretty impressive. Yeah, they scored 92 points as a team on the weekend. He has 42 of them. So obviously the go-to guy for Bloomfield. Uh, We'll see them against West Washington this weekend at the Seymour Semi-State. But big performances for Brandon Van Zandt. Okay, and then uh, I think that wraps it up now with the top regional performances. Isn't that right, Shark? Definitely. All right, Shark, let's um, throw out some predictions. Final four of each class right now. Let's start in 1A up north. The semi-state game at Huntington North is Gary 21st Century Charter against Liberty Christian. We kind of saw this matchup maybe coming down the road um, throughout the season. We'll start with you, your pick here, Shark. Yeah, definitely Liberty Christian. You saw in this game, I think Gary 21st Century with Eugene German uh, definitely had a good chance to make it here. I'm going to take Liberty Christian. Uh, to make it to state. I just think Franklin Nunn and Ronnie Williams, uh, a great one-two punch. Um, Eugene German, obviously a big-time scorer. The second score kind of worries me a little bit for Gary, 21st century. I'm going to go with Liberty Christian to move on here. Yeah, Liberty Christian certainly challenged in that regional with Seton Catholic and then Lafayette Central Catholic. Gary, 21st century, had a little bit easier road. Like you're saying, Liberty Christian has a little bit more balance, especially with Caleb Hardy now joining the uh, mix. 
Um, I think I'm going to go with Liberty Christian to win that game as well. Let's move on to the Southern 1A semi-state. Uh, 4 o'clock this Saturday at Seymour. You have Bloomfield and West Washington. What are your thoughts on this one, Trevor? Um, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Bloomfield with Brandon Van Zant, um, also Eli Combs, two uh, pretty big guys. But West Washington for a 1A team also has good size. They go 6'5", 6'4", 6'4". So I think they're going to have enough um, size to match up with those guys. I think I'm going to go with Bloomfield, though. Just kind of a gut feeling with Brandon Van Zant being too much for West Washington. Yeah, you look at um, Bloomfield 25-3. and Their only losses have come to Bloomington South on the road. Uh, a one-point loss to Linton Stockton that they avenged a week later. And then uh, a tradition-rich 3A program in Washington uh, on the road as well. They're kind of rolling right now. I'm going to take Bloomfield as well. The Cardinals making it to the state finals in 1A. Okay, let's go to 2A now. Um, up north, we have Canterbury against LaPel. I think Canterbury's a little bit of a surprise to be here. I would have expected uh, Bowman Academy before the tournament started to be here. Maybe Marquette Catholic or Bishop Knoll. But Canterbury gets through that side of field. Um, LaPelle obviously has been one of the top teams throughout the year. Um, I think LaPelle has a little bit too much for Canterbury, even though Canterbury has um, junior Jalen Paul at the point guard position and uh, Tanner Camp inside. I think LaPelle gets this done behind John Ross Richardson. Yeah, you look at Canterbury uh, playing a a tough schedule. They've had some close games against really good teams, a four-point loss to Columbia City. Uh, just a 10-point loss to Homestead, a 6-point loss to a good New Haven team in 3A. Uh, but I'm with you. I think LaPelle just a little too much. Cam Harrington, John Ross Richardson. And then their supporting cast is so talented as well. A lot of those kids will be stars on other 2A teams. Uh, but they kind of sit back and take whatever they can get uh, off the defensive attention on John Ross Richardson and Cam Harrington. Uh, I think the depth of uh, LaPelle just kind of wears Canterbury down, and they also have good size as well. So I'm going to pick LaPelle to move on. Let's go to the south um, end of that bracket. We have Indianapolis Howe against Providence. Howe, one of the more talented teams overall in 2A. Um, they had a tough, couple uh, tough matchups with Broad Ripple and Northeastern in the regional. They ended up getting through that behind Brian Kip Warren. Um, obviously, talented team, like I said. Providence got through Linton Stockton and South Spencer in the regional. Um, what's your pick here, Shark? You know, I, this is an intriguing matchup. Providence only giving up 44 points a game, and then you see a Howe team that's averaging 73 points a game that definitely wants to run. Um, I know a lot of people are picking Howe here. I think I'm going to go with the with the upset special and take Providence in this one. Ooh, okay. I know I you know it, it's close. I'm going to go Providence in this one. I just think that uh how you know the offense is going to be tough to come by I think against Providence this weekend. Uh so I'm going to take Providence to move on to the 2A state finals. Yeah, I think how has been known to be inconsistent. Maybe they start looking forward to that state championship game, but I like how I'm going to take them in a uh, narrow victory over Providence. Okay, let's go do uh, 3A up north with Griffith versus Marion. This is going to be a pretty athletic matchup between two 3A programs here, Shark. Yeah, Marion, um, 
again, a big-time offense in Marion led by um, Reggie Jones, V.J. Blackman, Tim Level, and you have Jordan Smith, kind of a 6'2", 6'3", forward that just gets all the garbage points for them. Against Griffith, a really tough defensive team. Obviously, Griffith's been here before. Uh, they won the 3A North Semi-State last year before falling to Garen Catholic in the state title game. They're 25-3 and on the year, so they're obviously no slouches. Losses to East Chicago Central by three, Munster by one, and by seven to Bowman Academy. Um, so their only three losses have come to really good competition. Uh, again, tough one, but I'm going to pick Griffith in this one to head back to the state finals. Yeah, I think this is a near toss-up, but um, I'm going to side with you and go with Griffiths as well. I just like their overall talent level, especially with the Murphy Twins. Um, I think they get it done here and get back to the state title game. Yeah, it's not often you see people athletically that can match up with Reggie Jones. I think you obviously have two of them in this game with Anthony Murphy and Tramel Murphy. Uh, and then you have the Bowman transfer, Martin Sheely, and Anthony Quintero, who hit some big shots for them last year in semi-state and state championship game. Uh, I think Griffith, like you said, um, just a little bit too much. But close game, close game. Yeah, in the uh, the South semi-state, you have Tri-West and Evansville-Bossy in that matchup. I think Bossy's a little deeper than Tri-West, but Tri-West has a talented duo in Tyler Watson and uh, Peyton Hendershot. Tri-West, definitely athletically capable of hanging with Bossy. Um, Hendershot's one of the better athletes in the state. I know he's a, a good football prospect as well as a tight end wide receiver. Big physical 6'4 kid, play inside and out. Uh, then you have Tyler Watson, sophomore guard for them, uh, who's really, really talented and can score in a hurry. I think this is definitely um, kind of a toss-up, in my opinion. You have two really evenly matched teams um, in this one. I think I'm going to have to go with Tri-West. I think they played some really tough teams well uh, this season. They nearly knocked off Park Tudor earlier in the year, um, beat a really good Danville team. Um, knocked off a talented Indian Creek team. They can kind of play up-tempo or play slow. I like that versatility from them. I'm going to take the opposite side. I'm going to take Evansville Bossy. They've been playing well lately. Um, I like how balanced they are. Uh, you could have three or four guys leading them in scoring with Eric Bell, Mikhail Larry, um, Jalen Chin, a couple of their other bigger guys um, could jump in there as well. So I think I'm going to go with Bossy. They're playing well lately. Um, they played a tough, you know, regular season, and I think they're trending in the right direction to win this game over Tri West. Let's go on to to 4A or 4A North Semi State taking place at Lafayette Jeff on Saturday. Uh, 25 and one Warsaw versus 27 and three McCutcheon. Again, another up tempo versus slow it down matchup here in this game. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see if. McCutcheon can extend their defense and force Warsaw to either, you know, turn it over or just play faster than they want to. Um, obviously, that's tough to do. They know how to play their game. They know how to rattle their opponents, get them to overextend, then take their own shots when they need to. Um, McCutcheon obviously wants to get up and down. We'll see what kind of style holds out here between these two teams. Yeah, I think McCutcheon is going to want to press and trap and get the ball out of Marinday and Mangus's hands. And once they do, I could very well see them trying to 
you know, face guard those two and not let them get the ball back. Make some of the other guys on Warsaw beat them. Uh, but it is going to be really interesting to see which which style kind of wins out. You have a top 10 offense in McCutcheon and the second best defense in the state in Warsaw giving up less than 40 points a game. Um, I think I'm going to pick McCutcheon. Uh, close one, but I think they win the tempo battle in this one and move on to state. Okay. Um, I'm definitely in a toss-up situation here. I'll go with Warsaw. Um, just the way they played in the Michigan City Regional has me feeling pretty good that they can control things. Kind of rattle McCutcheon, get them out of their game. We'll see what happens, though. Um, and the south end of that, um, 4A, we have Southport against New Albany. Obviously, this feels like it's going to be an overall great game that should be back and forth till the end. Yeah, you know, you look at New Albany with Romeo Langford, athletically superior to a lot of people, uh, but Paul Scruggs and Eli Walton are two guys who can match up with him athletically, at least close enough uh, to give him problems. The question is, is how does New Albany plan to take Joey Brunk out of the game? Uh, Brunk has had a great end to his senior season, uh, putting up lots of points, lots of rebounds. How is New Albany going to scheme to take Joey Brunk out of the game? I think you're going to see a lot of double teams, uh, maybe a guy in front and a guy behind them. Encourage Southport to hit a bunch of threes in order to beat them. That's something that Southport maybe necessarily hasn't done all year, is shot the three ball well. Uh, I can see New Albany trying to make them play to that. Yeah, I definitely, I think Southport has the athletes to take Romeo Langford out of the game if they want to face guard him or something like Bloomington North did. Um, you could put Eli Walton on him, just deny him the ball throughout and make somebody else beat you. I think that's probably their best bet, really. And then on the other end, you'd think New Albany is going to either Full court pressure him, try to turn him over there, and then kind of drop back into his zone to see if they can beat him from the outside like you were saying. What are your thoughts on this one? This is obviously going to be a a nip-and-tuck battle, I think. Yeah, I think it goes down to the end. Right now I have a hard time picking against Romeo Langford, how well he's playing. It feels like he just makes a play down the stretch to put New Albany over the top, and I'll take New Albany to win it. I'm going to take New Albany as well. I think basically just... Exactly what you said. Romeo Langford is having just such an incredible year. It's hard to see him getting this close to the state finals and not making it there. So I'm going to go New Albany in this one. All right. That uh, wraps up our predictions. Um, do you have any other overall thoughts going into this weekend, Shark? I just think you you know, you know have these eight games on tap. You really can't go wrong going to any of the four sites here, Huntington, Seymour, Richmond, or Lafayette, Jeff, should be great games at each of the sites this weekend. Yeah, speaking of the great sites, I would like to see them either combine um, semi-state and state or some way with regionals and semi-state, either like a Friday, Saturday at some point. Um, Just having one game this week kind of feels like you're getting shortchanged on just the atmosphere and, you know, overall... Um, environment stuff like that yeah I think you know a lot of people don't like the semi-state because it is like you said just one game I always wondered back in the single class days why they didn't have the state semifinals on a Friday night give teams one night of rest and then play the state title game on a Saturday I thought it was kind of uh, harsh to have teams play two games in one day for a state championship Um, but I really like the semi-state round 
as it is. I think, it, like I said before, it's harsh to have two games in one day, especially in the state tournament. And you get to see kids battling so hard because they know what is at the end of the game. It's a chance to play for a state title. And I think that's really – and you see a, just tremendous fan support. You know, I've been at the Huntington North Semi-State each of the last two years, and all four schools represented each year have just brought great crowds. And I think you're going to see the same uh, this weekend. Yeah, it seems like semi-state crowds are always fantastic, especially for that first game where you have all four teams kind of coming together, um, usually packed house and five to 8,000 people at each site for sure. Yeah, you look at Huntington North is the smallest of the sites at about 5,500. Then you have um, Lafayette Jeff at over 7,000, Seymour and Richmond over 8,000, I believe. And tickets are going to be hard to come by this weekend. All right, Shark, we'll uh, see what happens and see if our predictions are right or wrong next week. Definitely be an interesting set of games. I'm anxious to see if uh, if I can pick up the win over Trevor here in the predictions this week. All right, Shark, thanks for uh, doing this once again. Thank you much. And for our fans, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and make sure you rate our uh, podcast if you would like to see more of these. Thank you.